Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats with Peggy Hoyt. Our goal is to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. For more information about creating a legacy for your pet or to listen to archive shows, visit AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Join your host, author, estate planning attorney, and animal advocate, Peggy Hoyt. Hello, pet lovers. Welcome to All My Children Wear Fur Coats. I'm your host, Peggy Hoyt, and this show is brought to you by the law offices of Hoyt and Brian, where we create estate plans for pets and their people. Also brought to you by Animal Care Trust USA, a national nonprofit dedicated to keeping loved pets in loving homes. We do this by educating pet parents about the importance of getting a pet trust for their loved pet. We also provide trustee services. And today we get the exceptional opportunity to talk to our guest. His name is Steve Spiro, and he is the president and co-founder of Start, S-T-A-R-T, Rescue. Welcome to the show, Steve. Hi. So happy to have you. Happy to be here. Thank you. How would you like to earn real money for your organization every time you order pet food? Our friends at Dubert are at it again, revolutionizing new ways to help animal rescuers. With their new Dubert Forward program, you or your supporters can shop for the same pet foods that you order on other sites, and Dubert will pay 5% of the purchase directly back to your organization. That's more than 100 times what Amazon Smile pays, and there's no limit or crazy hoops to jump through. Just have your favorite animal organization sign up for free at dubert.com and they'll automatically show up for you to select them when you shop. Check it out and learn more at www.dubert.com to get started today. All right, I'm going to tell everybody a little bit about you. Um, you might be able to tell that Steve was born and raised in London, England, and now resides in Los Angeles. Before forming Start Rescue in May of 2011 with Renee Rustin and Adam Tarshis, Steve and his wife Susanna did individual rescues, helping as many dogs as they were able to bring home or place in foster care. Steve is a former boxer, but now writes screenplays full-time, well, almost full-time, because he also devotes a lot of energy to Start's mission. He has several TV and film projects in development, and he credits his wife, Susanna, as opening his eyes to the world of animal rescue and veganism, and he has not looked back since. Steve is a huge Pitbull fan, and his favorite quote is, stop blaming the wrong end of the leash. Welcome. Hi. I love your philosophy. Thank you. I copied that from somewhere, that quote. I can't remember where I saw it, but I liked it. So I kept That's it. all right. Flattery is the, you know, stealing stuff is the highest form of flattery, right? There you go. Exactly. That's correct. <laughs> all right. So tell us all about Start Rescue, how it got started. Started. Um, my wife and I were doing individual rescue for quite a long time. And we got involved with a very bad rescuer. We got kind of actually scammed a little bit. So we had to have some lawsuits and it was just like, oh my gosh. And so we decided, but out of that, we realized it was just the problem was so great that, you know, rescuing one at a time wasn't really helping in any way. You know, I mean, it helped, yes, you helped that one dog, but we wanted to do it on a bigger scale and got friendly with a group of people and we decided let's do transports. So um, Adam Tarshius, who I'd only met a few months before that, we became we're still great friends today. 
he actually bought us a small little van and the girl that we knew, a friend of ours, Candice, had lived in Oregon, was born in Oregon and had relationships with some of the rescue groups out there that didn't have the animal problem we had here in our shelters in California. So some of these groups said, oh, hey, bring 10 dogs up. We can take them. We have room. So we retrofitted this small little truck we had and start began, which is Shelter Transport Animal Rescue Team. Start is the acronym. I love that. So that makes sense now why if we want to help from a donation standpoint, we can buy a seat on the bus. You can buy a seat on the bus, although our bus, we call it the beast. We went from this small little van to this 38 foot huge, uh, great truck that can hold up to like 120 dogs at a time or cats. Um, it broke down and died on um, coming back from the last transport in Bakersfield on uh, last uh, Thursday. So I think we're going to be uh, truckless for a while now. <laughs> All right. So even more important to buy a seat on the bus. Now we got to buy yeah. a bus. Now we've got to buy a bus and have it retrofitted because it's got to be specially retrofitted so it's safe. But uh, yeah. This is, this is part of it, you know, this is part of rescue, unfortunately, it's the ups and downs of rescue. So you've expanded from dogs into cats as well? We do, we have cats, yeah, we've always helped cats where we can. Um, uh, we also have mini, we have a, a bait, we have the big beast and we have the mini beast, the mini or the baby beast, we call it. The baby beast can hold probably 20 um, you know, dogs and cats and we do once a month a cat transport also to the Pacific Northwest to help as many cats. And we have a, a fund. We donate $1,000 a month to um, this girl, Faith, who's great. And she pledges on cats that are in the shelter system here. So we try and help. So, we, you know, we love, we love all animals, uh, especially the dogs and cats. Yeah. So why, is, why does California have a problem and Oregon doesn't? You know, that used to be an easy question to answer. But now Oregon is getting full. Oregon has started, like some of our groups can't take as many dogs because they're having their own crisis. I mean, you know, the answers, uh, there's, there's several, you know, um, there's several answers to that question. But basically, you know, the shelters are full. Right now, COVID really hurt the situation. Um, you know, people got dogs during COVID. They were home. Now they're going back to work. A lot of people are dumping their dogs in the shelter. Or worse, they're just throwing them onto the street. Uh, there's a big, big, big problem here, big crisis. Also, um, you know, the person responsible for the uh, Labradoodle who came up with the idea. A lot of people have those doodles and it's caused a huge problem. And now I'm getting calls saying the shelter's full of cockadoopoos and Labradoodles and, and the breed. And I, said, I have a, noticed a, that. Yeah, um, I've noticed that recently. Lots and lots and lots of doodles for adoption. Lots of doodles. Also, the film Dog came out. A lot of people bought German Shepherds. Uh, they end up in the, sh the shelters actually full here with German shepherds. It used to be pit bulls. Now it's German shepherds and huskies due to Game of Thrones. I'm hearing this is what I've been hearing. Um, there's a lot of issues. Uh, um, also, there was the whole issue here in LA of no kill LA, which wasn't true. They were still killing dogs, but they weren't picking up strays. They weren't enforcing any spay neuter laws. So now people are coming in from other cities bringing dogs to the shelter saying, oh, you're no kill. And the shelter's like, no, we're not. We are kill. So they're getting completely full as well. So the issue is just on so many different levels, you know, it really is. Um, and unfortunately, the animals, these dogs and cats are the ones that suffer. Absolutely. So um, what do you think the solution might be? I think the solution is absolutely mandatory spay and neuter laws. 
like enforce it, enforce it, enforce it. That's it. You know, um, it, it will. Uh, Riverside did it for back in the day. This is going back quite a few years. It was a the the uh, director of Riverside. Riverside is one of the largest counties in the country, and they their director was called Robert Miller, and they enforced something called the life licensing canvassing program. And him and Dr. Drusi, the head vet at the time, came up with this idea of basically have, they hired two animal control officers that went door to door. And if they heard a dog in the house, they put a sign up on the door saying, is your dog fixed, vaccinated, microchipped? And they gave them the option to fix the dog for free because our group was helping pay. We, we also fund spay neuter for low income uh, residents. Uh, they could get the dogs fixed. Then they had their own, had tons of their own programs as well. They could get the dog fixed for free and the vaccinations would be $10. If they didn't do it, the, they would be fined and it would go on. I think it went to the franchise tax board and on a driver's license. So they couldn't get out of it. And people got their animals fixed. And they went from like a shelter that was 80% kill rate to 80% live release rate. They really dropped the numbers down. And the increase, the number of animals coming into the shelter decreased dramatically over a period of time. And it takes, you know, two to four years to really see that effect. But it worked. It really worked out there. So I would, I would see how it would take some time, definitely, for mm. um, for you to see the, the long-term effects of that. But it, it seems like there's so many great organizations like yours that are out there that are working hard, that are spaying and neutering animals, that are placing pets in forever homes. And, and yet we still, I mean, obviously, it's not a new problem. It's been going on for centuries. Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and everyone's telling me, and I'm seeing it as well, it's the worst now it's ever been. It's a real crisis. Um, yeah, spay neuter. And also the other problem is the clinics are so expensive. We, we get calls saying, listen, we want to take our dog in, but it's like $800 a gallon animal fixed. Like, geez, that's really hard. Now we work with low cost spay and neuter clinics, a woman called Diana Benz. She's incredible. Um, we're trying to open one up in Bakersfield as well, but uh, she does it you know, really inexpensive. So you have to try and find those vets that do low cost spay and neuter. So does Bakersfield have a bigger crisis than the rest of the world, do you think? Bakersfield is awful. We've been working with a group of girls called Rad Rescue, which is rescuing abandoned dogs, and also Southern California Pomeranian Rescue, Lisa. She, she's the one that reached out to me originally to say there was this crisis out in Bakersfield. People were just dumping the dogs in the field out there. So we got involved last July, and to date we've rescued, I think, about somewhere between 160 and 180 dogs that people just open the car and throw them out. It was on the news there. We did billboards. We put we had a billboard campaign out there. Uh, but those girls are just literally out there feeding those dogs and trying to trap them and, and help as many as, as they can. It's bad. Yeah, it's bad. I cannot even imagine, you know, somebody letting a, a family member out to fend for themselves on the highway. Uh, it's it's incredible. It's I, uh, this, I don't know. I mean, I, I always tell People like, I feel like you could, like what Gandhi said, you can tell a nation by how they treat their animals. And I feel like it's getting worse. Like, what does that say about us, you know, as humans? How can you have the consciousness to do that to a harmless animal? But you see people treat kids the same way and, and what they do to, you know, what you read in the news and see on the news. It's, 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 it's you know, what we do to each other is just really, it's really terrible. It is terrible. So you mentioned a Pomeranian rescue. Is there a Pomeranian problem in California too? 
uh, I think she has quite a few Pomeranians. Uh, there's an everything problem here in California. Yeah, I mean, you know, my friend Sh Shannon over at the Porterville shelter texted me the other day and said, hey, we have these two uh, Labradoodles that we can't, you know, they're at the shelter. We, we can't, we, we can't place them. Can you help? You know, so every every breed there's a problem with. Well, and and I think part of the issue, and I, I I don't know if you agree or not, is that people get enamored with like this vision of a dog, not the actuality of a dog. And um, doodles are high energy dogs, obviously. Um, so they take a, a special kind of family and a special kind of owner, kind of the same way that pit bulls take a special kind of family and a special kind of owner. Um, they may not be for everybody. Um, I, I'm one of those goofy people, um, Steve, that I have everything from a Pomeranian up to a Labrador Husky. So I go five pounds to 85 pounds and pit bulls and dachshunds and in everything in between. How many dogs do you have? I have six dogs. Six dogs. So, so you have you have a Pomeranian. You have a which is I saw in your office, right? Yes. As a, a boy or a girl? That's a boy. His name is Piper. Piper is very very well behaved. He is very well behaved. He's uh he's been around a long time, uh, helping me work during the day. <laughs> Piper and who who's who are the others? Hi, Piper. So we have Abby at the office as well. She's one of our office dogs. And then we also have um, at home Wolfie and Blue and Bingo and Darla and Holly. Darla? Darla. Oh, like Darla. from the Little Rascals. Yeah, I was going to say from the Little Rascals. That's great. Yes. Her, uh, her full name is Darla Dinkle, Queen of Tinkle. <laughs> what, what breed is she? She is a Papillon Jack Russell mix. Oh my God, that's hilarious! And she, and she's a mess. <laughs> and do you guys have a problem out there in Florida as well with the animals? We do. Um, I I would like to think that we're doing a, a fairly good job, but I think we have a lot of the same issues as any growing population does. And right now, a lot of people are uh, relocating to Florida. It seems like. Um, and I was afraid what happened was going to happen back with the uh, pandemic was that people were going to empty the shelters, which is literally what happened. Um, there were no dogs available in the shelters. They'd all been adopted or fostered. And then as soon as everybody went back to work, as you mentioned, um, then we started having the shelters filling up again and even bigger crisis than we had before that. And um, since I come from a mentality of, you know, my pets are my children, I, I can't imagine um, giving away one of my kids. Um, yeah. Because I think adoption is for life. You know, when I counsel clients and they want to adopt children, I tell them, this is a forever commitment. You don't unadopt a child. And it ought to be true for dogs and cats and horses as well. I agree. And, you know, and, and it's not, you know, the most fascinating thing is that I've met and we've helped homeless, because we have a thrift store as well that helps homeless and their dogs. You see homeless people love their dog more than anything else on the planet. And we're like, wow, it's so impressive. And I've seen, and we've had the experience of very, very wealthy attorneys dump their dog just dump their dog 
you know it's like there's no class system here it's it's you know it's the individual you know we've been shocked and surprised and, and overcome by just so much you know uh um kindness and also the complete opposite to such you know cruelness you know it's like wow it's it's wow it's it's an eye opener every day is an eye opener i i agree i absolutely agree on all levels and all levels yeah so because you're in the uh tv industry and the movie industry tell us a little bit about your tv show called is it called boned boned yes so um I partnered with uh, my friend Silver Cleggian and uh, Alison Eastwood, who's Clint Eastwood's daughter. And we created this show uh, about the animal rescue world. And it's basically set through the eyes of a woman who doesn't, it's a half an hour dark comedy. And it's set through the eyes of this woman who's a publicist, very successful Hollywood publicist who hits a dog in a crosswalk that is made to do community service. And she's hated everyone. She's all over the news and she, because she drove off after she hit the dog. So she's hated all through America and all over the world. So she goes to this um, rescue center and the guy that runs it is this kind of real womanizer. He's, he's kind of like a, you know, a bit of a bad boy, but he loves the animals. And those two just clash. And basically the series, the TV series, it shows you she slowly falls into this world. She slowly sees the other side of life and, and these animals and she starts to get a bond to them you know, slowly. So we, you know, we, we shot the pilot and right now we're just trying to, uh, you know, sell the season. So we've had some meetings, you know, it's been tough. It's hard, you know, it's hard. Do you struggle to find foster homes for your animals? Are you struggling to communicate with your fosters and keep track of what they need? Introducing Foster Space, powered by Dubert, where recruiting and communicating with your fosters just got a whole lot easier. Need a new foster for an animal? Simply create the foster request in Dubert and it will automatically send to existing Duberteers and also post on your Facebook pages and groups. Need to communicate with your fosters? No problem. Dubert makes it easy to communicate via text with individual fosters or to get messages out to your different groups of fosters. Your fosters can even put in help desk style tickets for questions or supplies they need and the Dubert system will help you keep track and stay organized. Check out Foster Space by signing in on your Dubert account today at www.dubert.com. Yeah, well, I, I wish you great success. And both uh, Sylvia and Allison have been on the show in the past. Oh, that's um, great. Oh, yeah, that's so great. I've had the chance to meet both of them. That's great. Yeah, they're both lovely. And, and you know, we've been working on this show and we want to, you know, we really want to is to co-op is really fun and also brings so much awareness to the animal you know we can put some of our we put some of our personal stories in there as well so you know we can share yeah how could you not put your personal stories yeah, exactly, in there, right? exactly. yes yeah exactly well if you run out of personal stories call me <laughs> <laughs> i will <laughs> yeah, so, so what would you tell people who are listening because you're probably pe preaching to the choir to the people that listen to this show but what would you tell people who are listening what they can do to help to help animals in general? Animals in general and um, shelter transport animal rescue teams start in particular. Well, um, you know, in general, just go out, rescue a dog, go to the shelter. I mean, it depends, you know, I mean, if you, if you just know it's going to be an expense, you know, you're going to have vet bills, you're going to have bills, a dog's in the shelter, so it could be sick, it could have kennel cough. You know, unfortunately, vets are very expensive right now, but if you can afford it, it's the best investment you're ever going to make. 
they are precious and you know go out and rescue or team up with a rescue group and try and foster you know um um get involved i mean you can even get involved with you know shelters go to the shelter and ask the help go volunteer they walk the dogs those dogs need to get out they need to get socialized so you know they need us if you want to help start you can go to our website startrescue.org and just send us tons of money so we can keep saving lives sure or shop for merchandise right yeah, there's stuff. Yeah, I think this. I haven't been on the website for a while, but yes, there's stuff on there. We yeah, have you have cool stuff: t-shirts, hats, um, tank tops, uh, hoodies, uh, a book called 50 52 Days with a Hero." Oh, that's yes. I wrote that with my friend Linda. That's about that's a true story of a dog that we rescued. Um, it's, it's it's a really wonderful story, actually. Yes. Uh, um, and yeah, and Colleen, who works, we have a girl, Colleen, who works for our organization, Start. She's really helped us. She's been incredible. And that's the other thing is surrounding yourself with good people, you know. The and then where is your resale store located if people are in your area and they want to check it out? The Start Resale Store is in Sherman Oaks, which, okay. is, on, uh, which is on basically Van Nuys Boulevard. And, and I noticed you feature a $5 jean rack. And I come from the place of... I never buy new jeans because I'd much rather buy them already broken in and washed so I know they're going to fit, right? There you go. Yeah, no, it's the, the store's great. We get, and people donate because it goes to the animals. People donate some incredible stuff. Uh, I think they have a very expensive room up there called the Courtier Room, and that's high-end clothing up there. People yeah, I see. There. Jimmy Choo, Manolo Blahnik, Prada. Yes. Yeah, come out and get your high-end stuff and help the animals at the same time. Yeah, they don't fit me, but they fit you know, other people. <laughs> <laughs> and we can sign up for your newsletter. You can donate. You can volunteer your time. I, th I think you've given some wonderful advice, Steve. Um, I, I feel like people that are willing to foster or forever foster, and especially the seniors or the uh, less adoptables, um, I, you'll never be sorry. It will it will change your life in a big way for sure. Oh, absolutely, it really does. Yeah, fostering fostering is fantastic. I mean, it also frees up the shelter. I mean, this yeah, this animals are the best. Go out there do, and rest. do you want to tell us about one of your two, one or two of your favorite animals that you've had in your lifetime? Uh, well, person, my per, one, one we've rescued or one we've just one rescued. that you had personally, yeah, or or rescued doesn't matter. It was, yeah, I mean, Moy Moy was my boy, you know, he was this uh, pit mix that, you know, was really depressed at the, the shelter. And um, I went to visit him every day for 12 days until I could get him out. I even called up and pretended I was the previous owner so we could release him earlier, but they didn't believe that. And um, uh, he, he was really depressed and it took us basically about a year to get him back to happiness. And then when he did, he was this incredible, incredible dog. Every dog we brought home, we brought home hundreds of dogs. Every single dog went to him. It was almost like he had this, he, he, he just conveyed this incredible confidence and, and love, you know, and compassion for other dogs. And every dog would just go to him and sleep with him on a pillow. There's, it, and if we ever had an aggressive dog, maybe they'll bark at another dog, never at him. It was always, he was like the king of the house. You know? And he actually died on my birthday. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah back in, actually, it's been 10 years. It was 10 years ago. And what does moi moi mean? Does that have a special meaning? Originally, I called him Mori after my grandfather, whose name was Mori. Then my wife just started calling him Moi Moi. Uh, it just became a Moi Moi. And then we it rescued is funny. Yeah, how they all end up with a nickname, right? Yeah, a nickname. And then we, re we rescued another dog that looked like him, and he became Baby Moi. He's still with us today. Okay, baby Moi. Okay. <laughs> baby Moi. Baby Moi.
And I'm sure your grandfather is honored. He's, yeah, yeah. He, he, he loved animals too, actually. I remember actually when I was a kid, we went to his house and he rescued this tiny little kitten that he found in his, in his, uh, in his, in his garage there. And he nursed it back to health. And he just, and then, you know, he, he was, he was very kind. That's awesome. Well, I, I had a tremendous growing up as well, because I, I got to be raised by uh, John Hoyt, who was the president and CEO of the Humane Society of the United States. Wow. Um, so I grew up in animal welfare and animal advocacy, and it's always been a part of my genetic makeup, I think. That's incredible. And do you have siblings? I do. I have three sisters. And are they are they all animal lovers as well? Everybody was an animal lover, absolutely. That's um, incredible. It, I mean, if if they weren't, we had to drop them off on the highway. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> Good, smart. <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course, I'm just joking, but. Um, no, everybody was animal lovers. And as kids, we all worked at the Humane Society of the United States in the summertime, um, doing filing, answering the phones, working in the library, stuffing envelopes, you know, whatever it took. Um, and that was just part of part of how we grew up. And it just wiggled its way into my bones. And even though I thought I was going to be a veterinarian and I ended up in law school, I still had to find a way to incorporate animals into my daily um, practice. So I help a lot of people now um, create estate plans for their pets. So plans that are going to guarantee that if something happens to the pet owner, that the uh, animals are taken care of. That's great. That, that's our long-term plan. We're actually saving up very slowly, unfortunately, but saving up for our own property. We want to get our own like sanctuary center. Eventually. Oh, that would be awesome. Eventually, maybe a yeah. couple of years down the line, you know. Yeah, sir. Yeah. Well, you always got to have another goal, right? Yeah, exactly. Of course. Got to keep growing, you know. All right. Well, yeah. what would you leave us with here today, Steve? Um, <clears throat> I would leave you with, uh, you know, it's so funny. I was thinking about that. It's just, and I keep, and I've heard this a few times the last few days on, on TV shows and stuff. Be kind. We've got to, we treat each other like crap. Like, be kind. I see, like, I, the other day I was at the bank. I opened the door for the woman. And she looked at me. She's like, no one's ever done that before. I'm like, I'm speechless. I'm like, well, I'm doing it for you now. I said, pass it along, you know? Just be kind. Just be nicer, you know? I stopped beeping at people at lights now. When they, the lights turn red, I used to beep, 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 move. Now I stop doing it, you know? Sometimes I just flash or go, hey, you know? Yeah, just, or just wave. Hi. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I think we just, we all got to be a little bit nicer, seriously. I think so too. I think everybody's been traumatized a little bit over the last few years and uh, we all have some healing to do and, and being kind is going to be the first step in that direction. So being, kind um, of being, being thoughtful as well, just, yeah, it doesn't, doesn't take them, doesn't take that much effort and it feels yeah. good. It yeah. feels really good. You know? And be grateful, right? And be grateful. Yeah, exactly. Those hey, are all wonderful. Grateful, be grateful, be kind, be thoughtful. There you go. Exactly. Okay. We're going to start a new movement, you and I. Yes, um, exactly. The kind, thoughtful movement. <laughs> all right. So listeners, we have been talking with Steve Spiro with Start Rescue and Start stands for Shelter Transport Animal Rescue Team. They are located in California. You can find them online at startrescue.org. 
California apparently needs a lot of help with pets. So if you're in that area and you can adopt or foster or donate or give your time, please do so. And we thank you so much, Steve, for joining us today. It was a pleasure. I'm so happy to be able to add you to my list of friends, people that I've met through this journey. And, yes. um, and to our listeners, we hope that you'll join us each and every week. And you know my motto, until there are none, please adopt one. And until next time, happy tales. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on All My Children Wear Fur Coats with your host, Peggy Hoyt. We hope you learned something valuable for the benefit of your pet. We want to keep loved pets in loving homes by educating pet parents about the importance of ensuring every pet has a forever home. Get more information about creating a legacy for your pet at AnimalCareTrustUSA.org or LegacyForYourPet.com. Buy a copy of All My Children Wear Fur Coats, How to Leave a Legacy for Your Pet on Amazon. Join our email list or make a donation. Pet professionals and advisors are invited to join our trusted advisor network. Until next time, happy tales.